Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Drew, and I want to welcome you back to Learn How to See Better. It's the only podcast out there that will improve your vision the longer you listen. Why change my philosophy? I mean, really, that's your philosophy is one of the things you hold pretty near and dear to the heart. It's not some fly-by-night thing. Your philosophy is kind of like your, your core values, the way you see the world. So when you get to a certain age, as you've developed a little bit of a philosophy around life and yourself and everything you see in the world and how you live your life day to day, the question might naturally be asked, why change my philosophy? Or if you're ever approached with that question or interrupted with that question, it might not even seem logical to consider. I've built this philosophy. It's based on my outlook. It's logical. It's scientific. It's, it's essentially the compiled data that I have of all my experiences in this world combined. It develops my viewpoints. It's the, the filter through which I see life. It, it is in effect, my lens, my philosophy. So if all I have is what I know, why would I ever change my philosophy? Funny you should ask. I think there's a couple of reasons for that. And and I've got some um, things I'll share in the process. But, you know, one of them is we all have heard the phrase, we are in life or you are in life exactly where you're supposed to be. You are exactly where you are supposed to be in your life right now. And sometimes that can seem harsh or abrasive or just very direct. If someone were to tell you, you are in life exactly where you're supposed to be. And typically that's going to elicit some sort of response, be it positive, negative. It's seldom, in very rare cases, is that a neutral response. If you say that to someone, you make that statement, that declaration about their status they might become agitated, right? I mean, we all have wins, we all have losses, we all have successes, we all have failures that we've experienced in life or disappointments even if we don't want to call them failures. Um, So we kind of look at the summation of events in our life and where we are compared to where we're supposed to be. Well, the first question that's posed is, okay, where are we supposed to be? And whose decision is that? Who defines that? And for a lot of our lives, it's it's others, right? It might be our parents. It might be external sources, you know, schools, churches, media, et cetera. But, you know, if we haven't defined that for ourselves, where we're supposed to be, then, then how can you really say whether someone's lost or not, or, you know, you're going the right direction or not? Well, where are you headed? You know, if, if you're, if you're in Phoenix and you're headed to New York and you're going West, then you might be going the wrong direction, right? Um, So it's, it's all relative. But when you think about your philosophy and the way you might answer that question, maybe some people have that pause where they think, well, you know what? I do have some direction for my life. I do have goals. I do have aspirations. I do have things that I want to see and experience. And yes, I've experienced some of those, but maybe there's more things that I want to see that I would have assumed or guessed or thought or planned or hoped to have done by now or achieved or experienced, right? It could be anything from from educational or career accolades to certain relationships, right? Or, you know, um, family type things. So we can all kind of look at that and gauge, are we where we're supposed to be? Well, the word supposed to be is, is already very, um, you know, that's a catchy phrase. Um, but, you know, it's giving some thought to what our philosophy is about where we want to go in life. 
And are we on track to getting there? And what is our philosophy around uh, activity and, and lifestyle and how we hold ourselves accountable to ourselves? When we get to that point, we start setting goals, right? Um, because a lot of disappointment can come from setting goals for yourself or maybe just resolutions that never actually come through because there wasn't a plan put together. There wasn't the, the disciplined activity to go along with it. So the first time I ever looked at changing my philosophy was interesting because, you know, I never looked at really changing my philosophy until I was introduced to business. And I say that as a particularly key milestone because I felt that the path that I was gone, the path that I was on up until my introduction to business was for the most part on the right track, on par with almost like these train tracks that have been kind of pre laid out in front of me ever since a young age. Go to school, get good grades, get a good job, you know, stick with that job for 30 or 40 years, retire, have a pension, a family somewhere fits in there. And then, you know, you're retired and grandparent bouncing grandbabies on your knee and just living the good life. Right. And then happily ever after. So Regardless of if that's something that you've ever envisioned or not, or you've heard of a experience or kind of a life story somewhat similar to that, it's not that foreign. It's actually unique that so many of us might have uh, one of those same similar types of storybook experiences until, you know, life uh, throws in those curveballs, you know, love 101, money 101, career 101, family 101. So, um, for me, getting introduced to business was big because I felt like I was on a good path. Um, and the most interesting piece of that, as far as a backstory, was I didn't run into it by accident. I didn't run into my introduction to business by accident. I actually found that, you know, I was becoming a little bit disgruntled, right? I had, you know, followed the rules. I had gone through the processes. I had gone to school, a good school, tough major, got good grades, got a great job, fresh out of school, making money. You know, living in cool cities, traveling, seeing the world, doing all the fun things that, you know, someone in young and educated in their 20s with a, with a new job uh, would be doing. And so you figure, OK, well, where could you possibly be going wrong with this story? And I think that you just find that once you're going down a path that was laid out for you and at a certain point, it's like, hey, this is this is everything it was supposed to be. But then when you find there's moments where you have you develop different interests, right? You grow and become more mature and you have different experiences to the point that uh, you realize there might be other things you want to explore in life aside from just pouring 100% of that energy into climbing the corporate ladder. And that's when you start to introduce some of these forks in the road, some of these decision points, some of these opportunities where you get a chance to say, hey, you know, based on the experiences I'm having in the world and the evidence being presented to me, you know, as I continue to look down the path that was, you know, kind of laid out before me and now is completely mine to uh, design so you can win to the end, you recognize that there's elements that either might be missing or things that aren't quite as advertised or as you might have perceived them to be at one point. And so what you recognize is say, you know what, if I actually want to take control of the outcome I'm looking for, there's going to be some instances where I have to look at this evidence and not just question it and say, well, I know that evidence doesn't, you know, jive with your current philosophy or the current beliefs that you've established about how the way the world works. But, you know, you have to take these 
these observations at face value. They might clash, but they're not, it's not that they're illusions. You're seeing real evidence that paints a picture. And as you uncover more about the world, you recognize, hey, things might not always be as they seem. And to kind of lock yourself into one plan, one life script is one of those things that I would say might be a little bit naive because you define your life story. You set the stage for what your experience is going to be based on your philosophy, based on your belief, based on the decisions that you make for yourself. So it becomes very, very, very important to start to look at ways that you can preserve that, ways that you can take the bull by the horn, so to speak, and actually be proactive where you can actually make those moves, make those decisions, do the different things that it takes to be able to generate a different result. And sometimes those different decisions include evaluating opportunities, assessing your skills, looking at the current education you have and determining, is it applicable to some of the results that I'd like to have? Because sometimes we find we may not have the tools for the battle that we're looking to go on. And if you don't have the right tools, it's, it's just a matter of process by going out and getting what you need. Whether you look at it as being part of the information age, where it's just data that you're missing, or you look at it as the implementation age, where you actually go and seek the guidance and the handholding necessary to put you on that right path by following an expert, by beginning with the end in mind, by having a vision for that which you seek to execute. So those are some of the things that allow you to kind of unlock the secret of the ways you can change your philosophy. Because again, as you evaluate success, quote unquote, as you evaluate failure, quote unquote, what you may begin to recognize is that your actions tend to produce a result. Your daily actions are led by your thoughts, your habits, right? Your feelings lead to your thoughts. Your thoughts lead to your actions. Your actions give you results, right? And your actions repeatedly become habits that produce a result and produce a lifestyle that you get to enjoy. And so we are going to tend to define that as good or bad. And if we want to define that as good or better or best or success, we recognize that what we're actually doing is either attracting or repelling that which we might be seeking, right? So if you are looking to become more healthy, it's kind of the be, do, and have philosophy, right? If you will be healthy in your mind and make wise sleep choices, wise nutrition choices, wise physical activity choices, mental activity choices, you are going to be in harmony with that kind of spirit of, of healthy living. You're actually attracting, you're in, you know, in the same, you're resonating at the same frequency versus if you're not taking care of your mind, body, and spirit, you're actually going to be pushing away the things that you say that you want or feel that you want or believe that you want, or that you might define as success. So that's one huge philosophical shift is that we actually attract success. And when I look back to think when I first got my hands on this concept, you know, my mentor actually taught me, he said, you know, success is something that you attract by the person you become. I'll say it again. Yeah. Success is something that you attract by the person you come by the person you become. And that idea just rocked me because 
most people think they can't change their situation. Oh, this is just what's going on in my world. You know, I'm not successful. Let's say that might be the case. Um, but they don't recognize that their habits don't attract success, that their thought process don't attract success, right? You could be taking a walk around the block every day, reading a good book, you know, every week, once a month, periodically, consistently, right? To put your brain on a better plan uh, for developing into a stronger, better enhanced version of you that's going to attract some of the elements uh, that you might define as success. So that's a huge change in philosophy that a lot of people would probably reject at first because of the idea that, oh, I can just sit here and be a big magnet and attract success. That doesn't even make sense. I define success as a amount of money or, or, you know, some ability to, you know, run a mile in five minutes, four minutes, you name it. Um, so it's not really what we get that is the most important thing. It's who we become in the process, right? So you don't just get to have, you know, good health, right? You have to become a healthy person. You have to think healthy thoughts so that you can start to do healthy things and, and take healthy health conscious activities that become habits that put you on a path for success, right? That allow you to attract good health, successful health status, right? Not being uh, plagued by ailments and diseases of the mind, body, or spirit, right? And that just requires a change in philosophy, the way that we look at the world. Instead of saying, I can't, perhaps asking the question philosophically, how can I? Instead of saying, I can't do 10 push-ups, how could I be able to get to a point where I do 10 push-ups? So simple little things that might seem daunting at first, as we all know the old uh, age-old adage, how to eat an elephant, one bite at a time. So looking at big things and breaking them down into smaller pieces, recognizing that things we may view in our lives as problems or challenges are just current situations, right? Um, you know, my same mentor, Jim Rohn, he said once, he says, you know, it's not that, that things cost too much. He said, you just can't afford it. And let that sink in. If someone were to tell you that, we can easily get offended. Like, how dare you tell me what I can afford and I can't? Well, you know, forget how you feel. It's, our, you know, is the person right or wrong? Is that an accurate or inaccurate statement, right? If you like fast cars and you want to buy a Ferrari and realize it costs over $100,000 to buy one brand new, you may say that costs too much. But if you are, you know, the richest person on the planet, what's a hundred thousand dollars, you know, to you as far as an expense, it's, it's nothing, right? It's minimal. It's less than pocket change. So it's philosophically driven how we view the world, which means that we can change our philosophy overnight. We can read a different book. We can get around, uh, different people. We can get introduced to things that can help us see the world through different eyes that help us learn how to see better. And it's a philosophical thing. And so why change your philosophy is because it's possible for you to have something a little bit closer to the life of your dreams than you may have currently. And if it's not so much to you about living the life of your dreams, it might just be about having a little bit more um, control over the type of experience you have in your life, the way that you exist. Do you just exist or are you living? 
your life. And a lot of that begins in the mind and it begins with the philosophies that we have. So I encourage everyone to look at ways that their, you know, amazing anatomy, the amazing thing they have a brain that they have called a brain that can think and process information. We can develop a better philosophy about our outlook in the world and that will allow us to attract the success that we wish to see in the world or wish to experience in the world. And that's in like every area of life that you can imagine. Because again, it's a philosophical thing. Health, wealth, your relationships, you know, the list goes on. So I thought that it would be good uh, for me to kind of recap some of the good inputs that I had today, um, making sure I've got my mind on the right page and uh, starting my day with the right philosophy. Because any given day, we can choose a different philosophy about how we want our day to, to go. You hop out of bed, you stub your toe, uh, it's going to be a bad day. Guess what? It's, it's practically etched in stone unless you can reverse that thinking, unless you can delete those thoughts. If you can change the frequency to shift um, and adopt a better philosophy, one that you've got in your toolkit already, it's an attitude, right? Your philosophy and your attitude are pretty much synonymous so that the, uh, that the outcome can be changed. And in any moment, you can just change the channel. If you don't like the vibe that, you're, that, you're, that your frequency is tuned into, change the channel. You know, turn that frown upside down as the old saying goes. So uh, those are some tips I wanted to share about why change your philosophy that I hope that you can take into the world and share with others in any any situation and be able to uh, make an enhancement to your overall experience. So with that, thanks for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode.